0: I guess we are saying this park is officially open.
1: On tonight's KRBD Evening Report, a park with chimes, drums, and bells is dedicated to the memory of a local musician who took his own life as a teen. Plus, district officials say Ketchikan schools may require masks next year if the vaccination rate among teenagers doesn't improve. All that and more coming up. First, let's take a look at the weather. Chance of rain tonight with lows in the mid-50s and southeast winds to 10 miles an hour. Slight chance of rain tomorrow with highs around 70 and light winds. Mostly cloudy Friday night with lows around 60 and northwest winds to 10 miles an hour. Mostly sunny Saturday with highs around 80 and northwest winds to 15 miles an hour and mostly clear Saturday night with lows around 60. It's the KRBD Evening Report. I'm Eric Stone. On a sunny Saturday afternoon at Ketchikan's Rotary Beach, about 200 people gathered for the dedication of Music Moves. It's a musical park created in memory of a local musician who took his own life as a teen in 2009. As KRBD's Maria Dudzak reports, the people behind the project say they hope it'll serve as a place of serenity and healing for years to come. When her son Patrick Doherty died at the age of 19,
2: Ketchikan's Susan Doherty says she wanted to find a way to honor him. She started a memorial fund, initially contributed to by family and friends. She wanted a project in her son's memory that would benefit the community. Inspiration struck during a trip to Sedona, Arizona, where she came across some outdoor musical instruments.
0: They were just amazing. The sound is so beautiful, and they, there's such peace when you play them. They're just gorgeous. They're beautiful sounding, the way they uh, resonate and all. And I I thought, well, this would be cool for the community and uh, benefit you know, generations to come.
2: So she got to work. She contacted the non-profit Ketchikan Area Arts and Humanities Council to get help applying for grants. Doherty also sought help from First City Rotary. Here's the group's president, Pat Tully.
0: We were just blown away. We, we loved the idea of music moves and loved the, the thought behind it that it was in memory of her son, uh, Patrick and we decided that that would be our signature project for this year.
2: Rotary raised money for the project and helped lay concrete and install the instruments, including tuned chimes, a harp, pagoda bells and drums. The park overlooking the pond at Rotary Beach, also known locally as Buggy's Beach, was dedicated June 19. Dogs were barking, kids were playing and kayaking in the pond below, And shortly before the ceremony began, a humpback whale was spotted in the channel. Tully began the ceremony with opening remarks and thank yous.
0: Last year, Susan Doherty came to speak to our club about this project to honor her son, Patrick, who was a gifted musician. Susan is such a positive and energetic person who inspired so many people in this community with her vision of a park where people can share her son's love of music.
2: Ketchikan Borough Vice Mayor AJ Pierce made remarks and read a proclamation.
0: This project shows how the community can come together for a project that fulfills one person's dream for the benefit of all. Thank you for leaving a lasting and harmonious impression on all of us here at the Ketchikan Gateway Borough.
2: Susan Doherty thanked the community before cutting a ceremonial garland to officially open the park.
0: Ketchikan just does. Matthew 22:39 39 so well, love thy neighbor as thyself. Better than any community I've ever seen, whether coaching youth sports, sitting on a nonprofit board, supplying items to families whose homes burnt down, to raising funds for medical treatments, Ketchikan shows up time and time again. It's our hopes and wishes that the site will be a place of joy and fun that people of all ages can play together and enjoy together. That the beautiful tones that are produced resonate and take hold in the heart and souls of all who venture here, and that the spirit of peace and joy remains with them after leaving. So I guess we are saying this park is officially open.
2: A handful of local musicians celebrated the new park with a new song. A poem written by Doherty before his death was set to music by his friend, Patrick Troll, who sang.
0: Pat and I wrote some songs together back in the day and he wrote the words to this song. So we're still writing music today and we're playing with these instruments, it's beautiful.
2: The plaque, mounted on the building adjacent to the park in memory of Patrick Doherty, acknowledges contributions of Rotary, the Arts Council, Ketchikan Community Foundation, and the Ketchikan Gateway Borough. It also includes the number for the Ketchikan Cares Hotline for anyone in crisis. That number is 907 225 2273.
0: I wake to rings and play of sun. Alarm just does its part To bring me from where dreams are done To where my day
1: does start
2: In Ketchikan, I'm Maria Dudzak.
1: And schools may require masks next year if the vaccination rate among teenagers doesn't improve. That was the message delivered by Interim Superintendent Melissa Johnson to Ketchikan's school board on Wednesday. One of the statistics that was kind of alarming was that 24 percent of 12 to 19 year olds are fully vaccinated. For some reason we thought that number would be a lot bigger mm-hmm. and so it's hard to kind of like do non-mask masking mandates or You know, it's because there's not a lot of kids vaccinated, so we're going to try to push that up a little bit, too. A 13-member committee of teachers, administrators, and parents is currently working on plans for next school year. Whether a mask mandate would be extended for school pupils and staff is something that needs to be decided by the board. In a statement, Johnson added that the committee is considering input from local health professionals and the state health department as it crafts its recommendations for next school year. Johnson said that if more children were vaccinated before the start of the school year, the district would be more comfortable dropping its mask requirement. The CDC dropped its mask recommendation for fully vaccinated people earlier this year, but people who have not been vaccinated are still recommended to mask up in public places. But Johnson says the district's Smart Start committee recently decided it'll be all or nothing when it comes to masks in the district's schools. Either everyone wears one or no one does. It gets a little complicated if some kids are masking, some kids aren't, and then it kind of separates kids. So that's one decision that we've made today. The Pfizer vaccine is the only COVID-19 shot currently authorized for children as young as 12. Johnson emphasized that discussions about what next school year will look like are still in their early stages and that the school board has final authority over the district's anti-COVID-19 policies. In other district business, the school board says it's ready to begin reviewing applications for a permanent superintendent. The board will hold a six-hour session at noon on July 1st in the Ketchikan High School Library to begin that process. Johnson is serving as the district's interim head, while the search for a permanent replacement for Beth Lougie is underway. The district hasn't said how many applications it's received and reviewing. Also at Wednesday's meeting, the board approved a new contract with the union representing district administrators. The new deal provides no raises for principals and administrators next school year, but there will be a 1.5% salary bump the following year, the 2022-2023 school year. The first big cruise ships of the year are bound for Alaska next month, past the halfway point of a typical season. The pandemic may be waning in the state, but its ripple effects have made for a weird summer for visitor industry businesses and for seasonal workers trying to decide if it's even worth coming back for a short summer.
3: KTOO's Jeremy Shea reports. It's lunchtime at the Red Dog Saloon in downtown Juneau, and the Kitchy tourist stop is in its off-season mode. No sawdust on the floor, winter menu items like chicken wings that slow down table turnover are still available, and the raunchy musical talent, the great Baldini, is hanging out of the bar, instead of behind a microphone and keyboard on stage. Even though the big cruise ships aren't due in for another month, it's pretty busy. Taylor Vidick is the only person working the front of the house, and she has her hands full. Then, the saloon doors swing open, but don't swing shut. Vidic gets especially wide-eyed as a huge party files in. She asks for a headcount. She sends them to tables and calls her boss to ask for some help. Down the road, Tracy's Crab Shack seems to have the opposite problem. It's staffed up, but there are only a few customers.
0: Um, status is we're open. We're happy to be open. Um, it's definitely better than last year. Um, I will say right now, we're probably all still operating at a loss.
3: Tracy LaBarge owns several restaurants in town. Her Crab Shack crew is in good shape, but she says hiring has been tough at her other restaurants, which have reduced hours. The kitchen at her fine dining restaurant wasn't even open until recently.
0: We are paying more. We started paying more during COVID. Um, We've had to raise prices for sure to cover that. Our food costs have gone through the roof, our shipping, everything's gone way, way up. So we'll see how it goes.
3: She thinks a lot of experienced restaurant staff in town have moved on to more stable jobs, and that extra unemployment benefits may be a factor, too. It's hard to know how big a role those extra unemployment benefits play. Economists are largely uncertain. Governor Mike Dunleavy and other Republican governors are betting their economies will be better off without them. They opted to cut off the federally funded bonus this summer. Kristen Galetas is on the employee side of the labor shortage. She's a barista with Heritage Coffee and a cook at the Crab Shack. She says it's been weird having her employers compete for her.
0: They've been trying to, like, make me stay for nights over there, but I was like, no, like, I'm committed to Tracy's. I told you that when I was hired that I'm going to be staying with them.
3: Galenis is local, but a lot of seasonal workers aren't, like Dan Palmer. Palmer is from Minneapolis, where he's been riding out the pandemic. About a month ago, above and beyond Alaska, asked him what it would take to get him to work his fourth season as a guide with them in Juneau. Completely unexpected.
1: 100% unexpected. And I kind of laughed myself too because after, you know, living in my parents' house for about a year and a half, working at Best Buy here in Minnesota, didn't take much to get me back up there.
3: He put in his notice and booked a $2400 ferry ticket for himself, his dog, and the van they'll be living out of.
1: Economically,
3: I don't know if it necessarily makes sense for me to come back and, you know, work the amount of time they're going to be working. But he's got friends and connections in Juneau that make it worthwhile for other reasons, and he prefers working in crampons over khakis. Steve Solander is the vice president of Alaska operations for Goldbelt Incorporated, which runs the Goldbelt Tram. It sells tram rides up to the tree line of Mount Roberts and opportunities to drink, dine, shop, and explore at their facility up there. Solander says the tram would normally have about 130 seasonal employees plus some year-round staff. Right now, there's about 20 seasonal employees. The tram is only open three days a week with limited amenities up top because of low customer volume and labor challenges.
1: We've, we've adjusted some things,
0: but we haven't made it more attractive for hiring people.
3: He thinks the timing of the extra unemployment benefits expiring this month and the return of big cruise ships next month will help the tram ramp back up smoothly. It should line up nicely for us, and we're kind of looking forward to being open fully and running six, seven days a week. But when it comes down to it, the governor, workers, economists, everyone's basically guessing about what will happen this summer. We won't know right away if these labor issues are another short-term ripple of the pandemic or something more persistent. In Juneau, I'm Jeremy Shea.
1: That's it for tonight's edition of the KRBD Evening Report. You can get the show as a podcast on your favorite podcast app or on your smart speaker by asking it to play the KRBD Evening Report. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Eric Stone.